Hello and welcome to Disseminate, the podcast bringing you the latest computer science research. I'm your host, Jack Wardby. I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Chu Jatang, who will be talking about his ACM SIGMOD paper, Ad Hoc Transactions in Web Applications, The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Chu Jia is a PhD student at the Shanghai Jiao Tong University. He is interested in database systems and distributed systems, and his research focuses primarily on concurrency control. Chuja, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Can you start off by introducing your work and telling the listeners what is concurrency control and why is it important for web applications? So we have web applications and Windows that we a web server will typically and most of the time will serve not a concurrent request and those requests, when handling those requests, this, uh, the application will need to access data uh, resource. Most uh, most likely, it, it is the data in the database systems uh, concurrently. So, in order to ensure that this the application is serving the uh, clients uh, the right data and also maintaining the consistency among this uh, among the data, they need to control how the uh, controls is concurrent access to the database system. So the the mechanism used by the application uh, is called concurrency control. And most of the time when we talk about concurrency control in the database system community, we are actually talking about the, con- uh, the mechanism for uh, co- coordinating the concurrent access made by database transactions. So speaking of database transactions, it is actually uh, a concept or an abstraction that encapsulates multiple uh, requests to different data items in the database systems. When the client or the application could write a handler for web request as a database transaction, so the access uh, the access to the database system will be uh, treated as a single unit of work to the database system, and the the concurrent control mechanism by the database system can to can coordinate this request as if the, those uh, requests are executed sequentially. Uh, well, internally they are executed concurrently in parallel, but so so that the, the reasoning of the, the uh, this transaction and the uh, of course the web application handlers will be much simpler to the developers, while the performance will be improved by the parallelism. My next question is, how do applications today use concurrency control? Do they use these classical database transactions, or do they use other approaches? Well. Uh, before I started the, this the, the project and, and this paper, I, I, I think that I, my assumption is that this application would just to wrap its uh, its business logic into a database transaction and just use them to coordinate the concurrent access. But it turns out that although the applications are using database transaction, but they are also using some ad hoc construct uh, to coordinate the concurrent access. That's what what we call the ad hoc transactions. Uh, by, the, by the title of the paper, and those adult transactions are actually, uh, you can think of adult transactions that are the concurrency control mechanism written and developed, uh, designed and developed by the application developers, and the, the their logic, the, the code are sit, sits among the application business uh, business logic, so that that's why we call them ad, uh, ad hoc. Awesome. So how are these ad hoc transactions? used in practice and what was the primary focus of your research and of the paper 
The, the first question is actually the main focus of the paper. We started the paper because we noticed that there are ad hoc transactions. So we started to survey these applications to know how uh, how the ad hoc, how ad hoc transactions are used in the in in the real applications. For example, uh, how how are they constructed? Uh, are they correct? How how are the performance compared to database transactions? And so. In terms of how are they used, most of the time they just look like a simply simplified form of database transaction mechanism, but implement, implemented uh, in the application code. For developers who could just explicitly write some locking operations to coordinate this access, which is very similar to the classic two-phase locking protocol. Sure. So you mentioned that you studied various different open source applications to investigate yeah. the usage of ad hoc transactions. Which uh, open source applications did you look at? Uh, so we actually looked at uh, eight different applications. Some, some of them are maybe familiar with, with the listeners, for example, the uh, discourse forum. We select, select them according to the GitHub stars. So they are the most stars uh, applications in, the, in different categories, including, for, for example, forum and social network. And we have we have seen many e-commerce applications. Actually, it's quite surprising. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we found that uh, we ha we have a Ruby application, Java application, and Python application. And in, in each category, we have a uh, e-commerce application that is that is the most stars one. Right. <laughs> so it's quite interesting, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, so you covered a wide range of different languages and frameworks and ob object relational mapping and frameworks. There, fantastic. Yeah. So what did you find when you were studying these different web applications and what do these ad hoc transactions look like in the wild? Can you elaborate on how they differ from the traditional database transaction? Okay, so the first question is uh, the main findings. So the first one, uh, maybe the most uninteresting one is that they are commonly used. <laughs> so we have uh, eight applications and in total, we have found uh, 91 adult transactions among these, these applications. In order to show that these applications use them for some critical functionality, we, we actually categorize those uh, APIs uh, into critical and non-critical. It's quite subjective uh, criterion, but, uh, but anyway, we find that many, uh, many of them, like 70-something of these adult transactions are using API that we consider uh, critical, for example, uh, posting API, the upload API and notification API of some content-centric applications like forum and e-commerce. And of course, the checkout and cart API for those e-commerce uh, e application. The other findings is that the construction of those adult transactions are, uh, comparing with database transactions, they are quite, quite more fl uh, uh, flexible. In most of the cases, I think it's simplified and then, the, then we find that those adult transactions are pretty error prone. Like almost half of them, more than half of them, are actually incorrect. And that we have find some uh, like correctness issues that you can you could trigger by just deliberately, for example, to add some sleep uh, invocation in the app application code, and you just have to browser tab to access this application, and you trigger some error. Finally, we, we also try to like to to understand the performance of those uh, ad hoc transactions. So we selected some API 
uh, actually four APIs from different applications and to um, modify them to use database transactions instead of the adult transaction and to and evaluate them in two different settings. One is that we have contention and the other is there are no contention. The point of this evaluation is that to to test whether adult transaction might be a uh, uh, beneficial in performance to the application. So. Uh, of course, so, so the four APIs show that we can have better performance in contentious workload. That doesn't mean that we can always improve the performance, but it just proves that it potentially can be uh, can improve the performance. So if I'm understanding this correctly, when you did this performance evaluation and you replaced the adult transactions with the traditional database transactions and evaluated the performance difference between the two, are you comparing a correct transaction against a potentially incorrect ad hoc transaction and is the performance gain not just the the benefit of seeing how it might be potentially incorrect at some point uh of course we we have uh at least we fix all the uh, bugs that we have uh, we are aware of uh, okay. comparing the performance i i think definitely if we look deeper there might be some more bug in the adult transaction version but we have fixed all the all the other ones that we we, we know that would trigger bugs. Actually, when we, for example, we are, when we are trying to build a database transaction version, we remove those, for example, the locking call, and instead we put a transaction begin through the ORM to wrap the whole uh, business procedure. And in that case, when, when we are looking at why, why the database transaction would abort in this case, but not in the adult transaction, we find that, oh, there is a new bug. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 so that, actually, this will be a, a very interesting debug technique that potentially could be used other, uh, yeah. in other places. But I can imagine the open source developers were extremely happy when you, or maybe unhappy, when you found all of these <laughs> And I can imagine they were very grateful for all that. So we've, we spoke about how some of these adult transactions are incorrect. Can we talk about what the, the root causes of these issues were? Like, what were the common mistakes people were making when using adult transactions? Yeah, sure. So uh, if I, I were to summarize the root cause, I, I would say that it is caused by developer either not knowing the principles or not following the principles of classical database concurrency control mm. mechanisms. For example, uh, many of you, uh, many of the listeners probably know about two-face knocking. It, it actually requires the, 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 the mechanism to have a, a growing phase of uh, acquiring knocks and a shrinking phase of releasing knock and a shrinking phase, you could no longer uh, acquire more knocks. And of course, all the access to the data should happen within the critical section of the lock. So that is basically the principles of two-phase knocking. And when developers are trying to, I think they are trying to mimic the behavior of two-phase knocking, they are not necessarily following these two uh, these principles. They might, for example, the first read the data and because they need to typically in web applications, you, when you access data by giving the ORM an ID, and the I, uh, ORM will fetch some uh, the whole row into the application, and then the application developer they might they might decide that oh well I I, I can lock the, the the row with some fields or uh, by by a lock that is identifiable by the content of the field. And in this case, the uh, read access actually happened uh, outside of the critical section, and it will cause the bug. And similarly, the, uh, this issue could happen with uh, those optimistic at all transactions. Nice. So we yeah. you said earlier on that 
when you did the performance evaluation, ad hoc transactions under a high contention workload outperformed the classical database transactions. What was the performance gain? Can we have some numbers to illustrate the gains? Well, uh, we talked. We said that uh, earlier that there are four APIs uh, that we tested. So, and the I think the geometric mean of the improvement is like uh, one point three times. And so, in terms of why there are performance gain, I think it is because adult transaction when when we in the corrected version could actually sometimes, for example, they could perform some uh, finer grain uh, concurrency other than the database transaction. Uh, we know that the database database systems typically have, uh, is, for example, MySQL, Postgres, they will uh, lock, lock the data at the row level, but they can use some uh, row ID or just put the log along the, alongside the, the data. And in some ad transactions, we find that, for example, they actually lock the data uh, at, the, at the column level so in, in one case, in a simplified uh, version, let, let's say, a row have two columns, C1 and C2. And when the developer just decide that, okay, we have two, we can uh, identify, uh, we have a lock that is identified by the, a string called C1 concatenated by the row, number, row ID, and another lock is identified by a, a string C2 and concatenated by also the row ID. So when developer are uh, writing auto transaction accessing access in different columns of the same row, they could actually use the, those different set of logs. So the, those access actually don't uh, block each other. And this could potentially improve the parallelism uh, of the whole application. Yeah, that, that is one, case, one, one, one of the reasons, I think. I think the, the other uh, the other cases, they are actually uh, adult transactions. They are actually, I think, they are, when they are performed in a coarser granularity, they, are, they can, for example, database could just lock every row that is being accessed, but the ad transaction could just use fewer logs to provide a mutual exclusion between different ad hoc transactions because they know the access pattern. Some, some rows are definitely accessed before the other rows, so they can just knock on the, fir the, the first row using its ID. So this, the same mutual exclusion is achieved, but fewer logs are required. And in, in that case, fewer logs, not only fewer logs can, of course, reduce the locking overhead, but also avoid the potential of deadlock. I think in some APIs, we find that because there are fewer logs on the, uh, on the database system, and in some cases, that database system just abort because the, the later logs are uh, acquired in some random order. Or there, are, there might be some read, modify, write operation, and some later write, write uh, when database uh, transaction try to upgrade the log into a writer log, and those concurrent transactions could just block each other and deadlock, and that that would degrade the performance. Has there been any other studies on the use of transactions out in the wild, or I, I mean, I believe this is the first survey of ad hoc transactions. But are there other studies out there on transactions and how do their findings, if they exist, compare to yours? So, yeah, actually, there are, I think, two papers that are quite relevant to, to this study. Uh, the first one is called uh, Feral Concurrency Control. It is uh, published in, also in Sigma, but I think it's 
2015. Of course, the, the, you, can, you can tell by the name that federal concurrency control adult transaction, they're actually uh, pretty much looking at the same, uh, on a higher level, they're looking at the same thing that how application in their own ad hoc or federal way to co coordinate the concurrent access. And the, the federal concurrency control paper actually is looking more specifically into the Ruby on Rails framework and its mechanism in their validation mechanism in uh, ensuring the application integrity. So that paper, uh, that is actually a very interesting paper. Uh, if, um, I re recommend all the, the listeners, if you are interested, please go read that paper. The validation, it, it is actually different, I think, kind of different philosophy in coordinating the concurrent access. In, the, in our paper, we this idle tr transaction that we studied, uh, they are very similar to database transaction. Like I said, they are the simplified version of the database concurrent control mechanism implemented in the concurrent application level. So that means the application developers are actually explicitly uh, coordinating by, for example, even knocking or using a version-based validation to coordinate those access. And in the concurrency control paper, the authors, they are actually start, the, the mechanism is, the validation mechanism, it's not the OCC validation, but actually, actually they are validating on the invariance over the, the data. So that mechanism is like, for example, you specify that the data, there should be no duplicate value on this column. So the ORM does nothing when into the to your uh, invariant, instead, each time you update something, the, the mechanism would uh, try to uh, ensure that is this a value, for example, uh, pre-existing. So if that, that that is the case, I won't update to the new value. So that, that will cause the duplicate. So that's kind of a different method cool. uh, in coordinating concurrent access in the application level. But I think the core finding are quite the high-level finding, I think, is that, uh, of course, they are common and they are usually prone to error. They are not always correct, and we should do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's very complementary <laughs> to your work then. Awesome. So what does all this mean in practice then? So why don't people just use database transactions? What puts people off from using them? For the majority case, the developer do not use adult transaction because they want better performance because... Actually, when we are trying to evaluate this application, we actually found many performance issues that we couldn't scale this application to a higher number of concurrent threads. So there are a lot of performance improvement that could come up from other places of the application. So why do they use this? We don't have a very concrete answer, but yeah, I have some guesses. Some, sometimes developers or the application just couldn't use database transaction because the database, uh, this data is spread across different systems. Sometimes the data is even it's not just the data, but for example, the more uh, like the abstract resource could be allocated in some external service. That just, you just couldn't use a database transaction to coordinate all this access. We have found some cases that use uh, Redis to store some other data. So in that case, you have to write a log at the application level. So that's it would be the first reason. And the second one is that I would think using database transaction, especially in web applications, might really just degrade, degrade the performance and making the application um, very hard to debug the performance issue. Uh, <laughs> this this kind of uh, is not is kind of against the the claim that I just said that it didn't win for the performance. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, if that if the case is that when a developer 
uh, uh, write the application, you, just, you know, the, they use ORM, so they don't write directly the SQL. So the, all the SQLs are actually generated by the, uh, the ORM frameworks. So we, fi we find that the ORM framework just generate too many redundant and inefficient queries. And if you put those all those queries into a database transaction, and that would just make the database just acquire tons of logs and deadlock and then degrade the performance. And actually, since you are using an ORM, you, you couldn't just possibly tell whether uh, or how those queries are generated and where the deadlocking causing one are uh, located. So that would be another reason, I think. And for some, a very minority cases, I think developers are just not aware of that. Uh, the, uh, aware of the existence of database transaction that could just help solve their problem uh, at hand. So where do you see this, this research, these findings having the biggest impact? Who do you think this result or these findings are most relevant for? Who should be listening the closest here? Uh, several parties that may be interested in this work. First of all, I think those people are uh, researching in database concurrency control. I read a slide like few few months ago. It says that I think it's from some 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 people from the CMU. It said that database concurrency control research is dead because no one cares about uh, the, those research. <laughs> I think he might he might have some solid point. For example, he had pointed out that many paper research are researching on optimizing the store procedures, but the applications are not using store procedures. And our finding, of course, we find that that, that statement is true. But we think, of, uh, at least I think, <laughs> that um, since the application are using adult transactions to coordinate the access to the database transaction, I think we, there, there is a lot of the, that we can uh, do, for example, like how can we get those applications to use data, database transactions should we, for example, do some to improve our protocol so that the problem that we that I have mentioned could could be solved? For example, performance problem, and maybe just maybe some software software engineering research that we could help developer to apply database transaction and that 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 knows those, for example, data errors. And um, I'm not sure about uh, software engineering research because I think the. Of course, we have, we have found some many, many bugs, and we have shown some. Uh, uh, I think it's clear patterns. I, I have read some paper that just introduced some bug detectors uh, according to some pattern. So since we have some pattern here, maybe we some researchers could follow on these patterns to develop some new uh, I don't know detector bug detector for ad, uh, web, web applications. One one of those patterns is that uh, we just mentioned you you, uh, you acquire log after you read the database uh, after you read the database rows. So that would definitely be I think easy to detect. I think I think it's really I I really think developers should really consider more about using database transactions, so you don't have performance problems. And even though we have some we have measured the 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 performance difference of adult transaction and database transaction, I have to uh, admit that those, uh, those the scenario, the contentious scenario where adult transaction performs well, is actually very kind of extreme, mm. I think, compared to real-world cases, for example. For example, we have some testing the uh, e-commerce application to similarly contention. We just have some ten, tens of hundreds of clients 
accessing buying the same item. I don't know if at the same time that I don't really think that is the normal case for the application. Sure. So in the normal case, we I, I think we don't have that much contention, and using database transaction just do not perform very differently from using adult transactions. Okay. So at least developers shouldn't worry about performance that much. I think. Okay, so yeah, the, the real world's not that contentious is what you're saying there. It's only the extremes where you see these benefits. Okay, nice. So leading on from what you were saying there, what do you have planned for future research? Where do you go next with this? We have one discussion section in the paper that I'm not actually quite satisfied with. I just think that I'm not sure. In general, I think, there are, of course, we can build systems to for example, either provide new abstraction for the for using a transaction or the, using some more adult transaction, but I don't know, better transaction, but mm. not database transaction in the application. We could we, we might be able to build the do some new abstractions, but that would be a very uh, difficult uh, research. And also, I think I'm 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 not planning to do the bug detecting stuff because I'm not I'm I'm that's not. The lab, what, what my lab is doing, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm actually very uh, interested about for the 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 abstraction that could coordinate access to different systems, data data in access to data in different systems. And I I think it is if it is actually the quite the norm today because you you can you have relational data and many applications use some semi relational data in uh, for example. MongoDB, mm-hmm. and they have some cache in Redis, and they also have some object storage. For example, for video, for uh, for images in uh, like object store, and all these storage systems provide different uh, uh, mechanism for coding the concurrent control, uh, concurrent access, and they don't necessarily provide a serializable database uh, transaction, and sometimes yeah. they don't they don't have transaction at all, and the since the application of storing data in different systems, the, the, there must be some way to, um, I, I think, better coordinate those concurrent access. So you, the developer don't have to write all the, uh, all the lock and unlock operation. And of course, also eliminate the, uh, those bugs. So the, my next question is, what was the most, I think I, kind of, I think I know the answer to this question already, but I'm gonna ask you it and I'll see if I'm correct. <laughs> So what was the most interesting, but maybe unexpected lesson that you learned while working on ad hoc transactions? Unexpected ones are, are those, for example, that you can have, uh, you can have the rewrite the application code to use database transaction and then you discover new bugs. Uh, yeah. that, that definitely increased our, uh, our bug reports. <laughs> but I don't really think that is, I, I, I don't consider that that's the, the most risk interesting one because uh, today in the, after, after the, the project and after the paper is uh, finished, I really, I, I can really, it's hard for me to tell what is the most interesting part. Looking back at the applications that were super poorly constructed even those most popular one, everyone uses them. For example, uh, I'm not saying that this course is poorly constructed, but it definitely could be improved. Mm. And mm. so that is, although I didn't have any expectation of how those applic- the code quality of those applications are, but uh, I can tell that some some of those uh, applications that have that 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 is, for example, some 
e-commerce application, their 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 code is really not that clean. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that 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 doesn't count for interesting, though. No, true. But that's mm. kind of what I was expect. I was expecting you to say something along those lines of, <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised by how prevalent these ad hoc transactions are and how often in these big major applications, <laughs> so many of them are actually reckless <laughs> violations, um, which is is always a surprise yeah. when you hear that sort of thing. Maybe in the initial initial month of the project, I, I I'm really surprised by quite the using ad hoc transaction, mm. but. In the end, it's kind of reasonable because after we find that they are using different storage systems, and for example, they have some they need the transactions should spend multiple requests, and sometimes the the inefficiency of the RM, it's kind of like it, it became non surprising to me now that yeah. they are using ad hoc transactions. Yeah. So I've got two more questions for you. Um, the this one, the penultimate one is, what attracted you to research database concurrency control? In the first place, what attracted you to this area? In fact, uh, I didn't choose to actually choose to decide to study database systems because that is what my advisor uh, is good at researching. So, okay. But in terms of concurrency control, it actually I started my my first project is we actually is building a concurrent index structure, and in that. In that process, I learned a lot about the concurrent concurrent programming and like proving the your concurrent algorithm is like linearizable. Mm -hmm. And in that in that process, I really find the the I think the reasoning with concurrency actually fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And later, I read a uh, read a read a paper. It's not a paper; it's an article published by uh, I think Leslie Lamport. On the CACM, uh, I think it's called "Brief History of Concurrent Control" or, or or something like that. And in that that case, he really explained how he uh, he model and think of concurrency uh, in terms of some distributed process and the complication and the happen before relation. And after that, I really I, I found okay, I might be doing I might continue doing concurrent uh, control research uh, for my PhD. What is the one key thing you want listeners to take away from your research? If the listener goes away and takes one key point away, what would that be? For researchers, we really need to look deep into the actually the the, the actual application that we are that our research is targeting on instead of those like pseudo benchmark TPCC, YCSB, and trying to improve their performance. We need to really look at the application and how can, how we can improve the application. And for application developers, please consider using database transactions. That would be that would save you a lot of trouble. And and that and I think we'll end it there. Thank you so much for for listening, and thank you so much, Shuja, for coming on the show. Um, it's been a fascinating talk. And if you're interested in knowing more about Shuja's work. The links to his paper and all of the relevant uh, materials we've discussed in the show will be placed in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.